Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hello? Lindsay, hey, it's Luke Bronner. Hey, Luke. So we have a mutual friend who told me that you are a huge New Kids on the Block fan. That is accurate. Well, did you know that 30 years ago this week, the number one single in the country was I'll Be Loving You Forever by the New Kids on the Block? (laughs) Did you know that song's about me? I didn't, really. Wow. (laughs) Direct from Jordan Knight's heart to you. Thank you. You get it. Nobody else does. Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And Please Don't Go Girl by Joey, also about me. That's a little creepy because he was like 14 years old at the it's time. It's okay. He's not now. <laughs> so did you go to their show recently in Houston? I did not go to the recent one, but I have been to three before that as an adult. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go that night. Well, I, I did go, and it was wonderful. Oh, they're so Lots good. Of fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I just thought you would want to know that 30 years ago, at this moment, you were probably swooning over Jordan Knight. Still swooning. (laughs) Awesome. So good to talk to you, Lindsay. You too. We'll see ya. Bye. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Bronner. This is Season 1, Episode 18, The Fun and Fundamentalism. Today we're looking back at the week that ended June 17, 1989. Hello again, dear listeners, and welcome to yet another half hour or so of sweet reminiscence on what proved to be one of the more formative years in my adolescent development, at least as it relates to my taste in music and movies, etc., We have a bunch to talk about today, but first I wanted to give you a quick recap of our inaugural 30 Pop Trivia Night, which happened this past week at Cafeza in Houston. We had a fantastic turnout with somewhere in the ballpark of 14 or 15 teams who showed up to compete, and believe me when I say that they had some of the most clever team names I've ever heard. Among them were Truvy's Beauty Salon, Technicolor Slap Bracelet, Bob the Goon, No Sleep for Brooklyn, and our victors for the evening, Three Men and a Baby who, for their vast knowledge of 30-year-old pop culture nonsense, were rewarded with a killer bar tab and four beer mugs from Cafeza, admission for four to Pac-Man Fever Friday at Joysticks Classic Games and Pinball in Houston, and a gift card to one of the best restaurants in town, Ritual. Congrats to them on their most triumphant evening, and huge thanks to our sponsors for the night. Our next trivia night will happen on July 16th back at Cafeza. And just as a little hint as you think through the team you want to assemble... That'll be just a few days after the 30th anniversary of the series premiere of Seinfeld. So choose wisely, friends. But now on to this week in 1989. The number one film in the country in this, its opening weekend, was the great, although not quite as great as the original, Ghostbusters 2. The movie made just under $30 million in its first weekend and went on to gross over $215 million worldwide, despite receiving mixed reviews from critics. Whatever they say, I loved this movie, and I can't wait to see the next one, slated to release in July of 2020. 
not only because they're supposedly bringing Bill Murray back to play the great Dr. Peter Venkman once again, but also because Finn Wolfhard, who stars as Mike Wheeler in Netflix's brilliant original series Stranger Things, is also slated to be in the film. There were a few notable events in the sports world this week as well. And while I didn't really care about sports at all in those days, I actually do remember a couple of these. First off, on June 14th, the great Nolan Ryan became the second pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball to beat all 26 teams in the league. Of all the sports, I care about baseball the least, but I remember this because it happened in Ryan's first year with the Texas Rangers, and I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. In the hearts and minds of anyone from that general area, Nolan Ryan was about as close to deity as an athlete could be. So every pitch or punch he threw felt historic. Also on June 14th, the bad boys of Detroit, Isaiah Thomas and the Detroit Pistons swept the Los Angeles Lakers to win the first of two consecutive NBA championships. I remember this distinctly because my older brother Josh was a huge Isaiah Thomas fan. Then, on June 16th, something happened in the golf world that I'm a little surprised I don't remember, as I come from a long line of golfers and golf enthusiasts. Four golfers in the U.S. Open shot a hole-in-one on the exact same hole, which just seems kind of impossible. But I found it on the internet, so I'm sure it's true. In music, the number one single in the country, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, was the far too falsettoed I'll Be Loving You Forever from the rat-tailed Boston boy band New Kids on the Block. If you can't tell, I'm trying really hard to hide the fact that I was a huge fan of the New Kids, a fact for which I felt deep shame as a fifth grader. But in all honesty, I still think Donnie Wahlberg and I would be good friends. I had the great joy of seeing these guys live back in May on their mixtape tour 2019 with fellow 80s music icons Debbie Gibson, Tiffany, salt and Peppa, and one of my favorite acts from the early 90s, Naughty by Nature. Huge thanks to my friends Demi and Sean who give me tickets to all kinds of fun shows all the time. In other music news, on June 12th was the release of Heavy D and the Boys, spelled with a Z, sophomore album, Big Time, spelled with a Y. I get that this probably wasn't a super memorable album for a lot of folks, myself included, but I do think Heavy D was one of the most underrated MCs in hip-hop history. He's got one of those voices that stirs up all kinds of nostalgia for me, probably largely because of his collaborations with Michael Jackson, of whom I was the literal, actual biggest fan. On June 15th, we got the debut studio release from arguably the most influential band in rock music since the Beatles, Nirvana, with their album Bleach. This record wasn't huge initially, but it was super important. It paved the way for their breakout follow-up, Nevermind, which paved the way for the entire grunge scene. Now that's a conversation I'd have loved to have had for this episode with a fellow Cobain-loving music nerd. But nope. Instead, I sat down with my good friend Jolie Britt this week to discuss a far inferior debut album from a far inferior musical ensemble. One for which it brings me deep shame yet again to admit that I was, for the briefest, most fleeting moment in my youthful ignorance, a fan. The band, if you can call them that, DC Talk. Jolie Britt, welcome to 30 Pop. So glad to have you on. Thanks, Luke. It's good to be here. So we are here today to talk about the release 30 years ago this week of the debut studio album from DC Talk, (laughs) (laughs) who I just want to be on record right from the beginning of saying I loathe this group. You loathe it? I loathe Why do you hate DC them so Talk? Much? Because they're so bad at music. That's the main <laughs> that's the main okay. thing. 
it's not actually that they're so bad at music. I mean, there is some talent in there, especially yeah. vocally. Michael Tate. Michael Tate's all right. It's stylistically not my thing. Not thing Kevin Max good. Smith has the strangest voice I've ever heard. But Correct. like, when I think of this, I think of the fundamentalist religious upbringing of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably because these three gentlemen got together at Liberty University. Yeah, Liberty University is the wit- the place for that to happen, probably. Yes, yes. Makes sense. The home of Jerry Falwell Jr. himself. <laughs> University founded by his father. Spawned yeah. this. Spawned a rap group. Yes. <laughs> you're a fan, though? Okay, Listen. I understand you're not a fan of this album. No, this album's terrible. It is terrible. This album they did like in their dorm room, so like it's really bad. You can tell. They basically probably did it on a keyboard. It says it was recorded in Nashville. Who produced it? Who in Nashville produced this? Seriously. For sure. For sure. Listen, in regards to my fandom, I would say I have a certain nostalgia for them because like I was two years old when this album came out, okay. so I can't claim that I know this very sure. well. I'm sure very few of their fans have ever heard this music. Yeah, because it wasn't a hit. It, right. It didn't take off. They didn't take off until the Jesus Freak album. No, that's not true. Free at Last was a huge record. Okay, then can we delete that? No, no. We're just going to keep on that. moving. No. They weren't a huge hit probably to you until Jesus Freak because yeah. of the age that you were. But I was right. in like seventh grade or so when Free at Last came out, and that's when I discovered them. And I, I admit that I loved them then. Yes. Because I thought they dressed cool. I thought they looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought all kinds of things that were wrong when I was in seventh grade. And then when Jesus Freak came out, I was just like, okay, this is different. And then they just got weirder and weirder. They and weirder did get weird. But I, see, I liked Jesus Freak. I thought it was a fun song. Mm-hmm. You know? Still full of fundamentalist theology, but that's fine. Still, but like, it's an earworm. It gets stuck <laughs> in your head. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to even sing it right now because I don't want your listeners to have it stuck in their head all the live long day. I think you should. Oh. <laughs> what, would, what would you say <laughs> would, is your, your favorite track? I really, I like Jesus Freak a lot. Hold on. I can't remember what is on that album. In the Light. <laughs> Be in the light. That one? Yeah. You are in the light. Colored People is yeah, a song. Yeah, Colored People is a song on that record. That's not okay. What if I stumble? I, I'm ashamed yes. at how much of this I remember. What if I What if I stumble? That one? Oh, yeah, that's what it. What if I fall? Let's see. Oh, Jesus is Just All Right is not on this album, but that's, that's on a jam. Free last. That's, that's a jam. Last. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a Doobie Brothers song. That's why it's an earworm. <laughs> <laughs> they stole it from a classic rock band. <laughs> Listen, I just, I think it's fun sometimes to just listen. (laughs) I don't want to insult your favorite band. It's not my favorite band. But I do want to talk about this being your favorite album, DC Talk Self-Titled. It's definitely not my favorite album. It's just, it's in the top. You can say that. I would say it's in your top 10 DC Talk albums. (laughs) Because they're like. That doesn't matter. Would you say it's in your top 10? It would have to be by process of elimination in my top 10. Okay. If I'm not including like Toby Mac albums after DC oh, Talk, would, would you? Would it change anything? Do you? Are you a Toby Mac fan? I, I can't claim that I didn't used to listen to him. I know, given the community that I exist within, I will have lots of people who listen to this that are, in fact, Toby Mac fans. And I just want to say to them: first of all, no offense. Second of all, you have terrible taste in music. I don't have terrible taste. Not in you. Music. I'm talking to. I'm talking to those <laughs> okay. people. Uh, you have excellent taste in music. Thank you. With this little asterisk. <laughs> I love DC Talk. <laughs> Sorry. Let's talk about the name DC Talk. You know what it stands for, right? No. 
decent Christian talk. <laughs> Does that not decent Christian rap talk scene? Does that change any of your affection work, for them? So decent Christian talk is what they had to go with. DC talk. DC talk. Is it kind of like ACDC? Is ACDC AC cool. decent Christian? I don't know. <laughs> Average Christian, decent Christian? Is that what ACDC stands for? I would be real disappointed if that was the case. <laughs> so DC talk. So we got Toby Mac, as we've discussed, Michael yeah, Tate, Michael and, Tate. and incredible Kevin voice. Max Smith. And weird you think voice. Michael Tate yeah. has an incredible voice? Yeah. Weird. You haven't listened to the last song on the album. Um, <laughs> I promise you it's not going to change anything for okay. me. I'm very familiar with what he sounds like. <laughs> Can we talk about what Toby Mac sounds like on this record, though? Yes. Real nasally. He really Everything is. Everything is yeah. super nasally. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I just assume he's the one that's doing that every time. Yeah, boy. I think he's the only one that was not self-aware enough to know not to do that. Did that, did that <laughs> exactly. When I listened to this. He was like, you know what would be really cool right here? Uh, yeah, boy. You know I why it'd be cool? I think I just clipped. <laughs> it'd be cool because I've heard it on other white guy rap I've music. I've heard it on other Beastie Boys yeah. in particular. Yeah. It's a really, really poor... It's a poorly done Christian Beastie Boys. Yeah. And poorly done enough that it's hardly recognizable as a ripoff <laughs> of Beastie Boys. But it is. It is. I mean, it does... So here's what I'll say. When the first track starts, which is called Heavenbound, and is... Heavenbound! <laughs> Real bad. You know what I wish? Look, hold on. Before you go okay. into that, I wish that every time I did something good, <laughs> that there was a choir. That there was a choir behind me that said, Have a mound! In like different keys, because I just did it in two different keys. Have a mound! Every time you did something good. Or, or like, you know, at Canicuck, you hear these stories of like the kids who get saved get to ring the bell. Have you ever heard that? No. It's problematic. But um, <laughs> but what if it was just like they pushed a button and it was like, heaven bound. Here's what's hard for me. So <laughs> I produced several podcasts. Earlier today, produced an interview. I wasn't conducting the interview. I was producing the audio for an interview with the writer who just broke the story for the Washington Post magazine about all of the scandal around the Southern yeah. Baptist Convention. And Dude. so... <laughs> Like, that's the mindset with which I'm approaching this conversation. Okay, well, I haven't had that experience today. It's, it's all terrible, but... But here's what I say. As a hip-hop kid, I mean, I grew up in the 80s. I loved hip-hop. That's what I always, yeah. always listened to. Okay. When this record starts, the beats that you hear before you hear any voices are, like, perfectly old-school yes. hip-hop. And I, I love that, and I respect yes. that. And so when I started, I was like, oh, I might actually like this. And then as soon as it starts vocally i was just like oh dear god there is actually a track that you haven't gotten to yet probably it's the and that i never will no you will no um, i absolutely will never listen to this you, again you absolutely need to listen to this track what's interesting is that i won't well but <laughs> is this what the whole podcast is going to be about is just me like saying hey you really should try yeah. it and how you love them um i don't love them but there's a track on this album called time to jam <laughs> How is, is T spelled? T is spelled T A, capital T, Time. lowercase A. Like Time ta jam. And someone, I don't know which of the three of them is beatboxing, but somebody I'm sure is. It's probably all it's all Toby of them. Mac. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and they're beatboxing and they're saying things like, "Hey, I'm a Christian rapper and I'm here to say." Like, I'm not kidding. No, I that's know that's a lyric. 
Yeah. In it. So speaking of the lyrics. You should play it. We're not going to do that. But what we will do is a segment that I like to call Bad Words. Bad Words. (laughs) Thank you. That's actually, that is the song that we're going to be looking at. (laughs) I want to share with you some of just the lyrics. So Bad Words is a segment where we look at just really bad problematic songwriting oh, not even necessarily not problematic, problematic just poor just, just bad. very okay very poor so Hit heaven, me with it. heaven bound this was the number one single off the record this was the <laughs> the opening track of course it is what they chose your favorite to song that you wish people oh, were singing in i the wish i wrote this of your song life. honestly here are the lyrics for you. okay cut it up cut <laughs> cut it cut 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 it cut it cut cut it cut it up one time <laughs> Just love how many times he says, "Cut it up" to cut, end cut, with one cut time. Cut, cut, cut. Is that what it sounds like? And then it says, "Huh, heaven, huh, 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 heaven, <laughs> huh, heaven bound." Okay, heaven bound. Thank you. And that's where we get that heaven bound. Don't you know I'm heaven bound? He repeats that a few times. Heaven bound, reaching for that higher ground. Heaven bound. Don't you know I'm heaven bound? Heaven bound, reaching for that higher ground. Now we're gonna get to the actual rap. This is Toby Mac, your man. I love him. Cold rapping for the king <laughs> with a sting in my voice. That is a perfect way to describe his voice. Not condemning men and women, but relaying a choice. Higher ground is the sound that I'm talking of. I don't... Wait. That's poor grammar. We got to back that for a second. Opportunity knocks through a different love. Not love like we know it. Like you love your girl. It's a love from above, not of this world. Kind of profound. A trump will sound. <laughs> That's a little nod to Jerry Fowell Jr. Yeah. And all God's children are heaven bound. We heaven re- bound. We repeat the chorus, which we're not going to read through. Rap number two. Jump on the job and live for him. <laughs> Do you lie satisfied in a state of sin? Listen while I christen a serious sound. Rap Cold Revan, because I'm heaven bound. Rap Cold Revan, because I'm heaven bound, y'all. <laughs> Serious lyrics don't disregard. No treason got a reason that I rap so hard. No treason got a reason that I rap so hard. That's probably what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't right. know. <laughs> I can say you don't like know, Toby. but I have a feeling you do know. <laughs> don't look down or stand around, but keep on reaching for higher ground. It gets better. So this is rap number three. Call us the heaven bound crew, and you can be too. <laughs> If what? Have, is that how salvation works? <laughs> if you believe in your heart, if you believe in your heart that DC that we are the Talk is the heaven-bound crew, <laughs> then you are heaven-bound. Yes. Okay. If you only knew what he did for you, Christ died, don't you see, to set us free. Look in the word unblurred, you can find the key. There's so many metaphors happening all at once. Mm-hmm. Got a choice to be voiced, receive him or not. Like right or left, cold on the spot. <laughs> like right or left, cold on... I yes. don't get the cold on the spot no, Nobody in there. does. Okay. It did rhyme. That, and I think that was the... <laughs> that was the key. Yes. It seems kind of easy when you break it down. As for me and my boys, we're heaven bound. You kind of flowed there at the end. Yeah, I told you I grew up on hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this really musically horrific bridge that happens. Mm-hmm. You, reckon, you know, you know yeah. the bridge. If yeah. you want eternal life, choose my friend. He's Jesus Christ. 
Only he can set you free from your sin and misery. Ooh, God's promised us a home in glory. Trust in him. A trump will sound and all God's children are he he heaven bound. It is real bad. You know, he does spit some truth in there. I have some problems with his theory of salvation. But his soteriology uh, is what, soteriology bo- bothers, is what not, bothers me. <laughs> not the horrific songwriting. Okay, so is there anything for you about this album that is redeeming? <laughs> In the non-theological sense of the word? <laughs> Because there certainly is not in the theological sense of the word. <laughs> Musically, no, any redemption I mean, for this album? It's incredible how many different parts that are so dissonant that they put into one song. It's hard to follow sometimes. Yeah. No, there's nothing. Nothing redeeming. Okay. <laughs> the only redeeming thing is that I do think they get better. Okay, and let, the only, let me hear the, about it. What do you other, actually like about DC Talk? The other only redeeming thing, this album was not that popular. The only reference that people still remember from this album is that heavenbound part. I think they're going to know that more from this podcast than they do from this album. <laughs> it's so good. Actually, no, there are other podcasts that use this, that really? use heavenbound. Yeah, there's a podcast called Good Christian Fun. Okay. That talks about like 90s Christian culture yeah. and how weird and hilarious it is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware of this podcast. And they've done a DC Talk thing and like they start out their thing like with, oh, I'm out. Uh, I've, I've done it in like five different keys. <laughs> that bothers okay. me too. I'll auto-tune you <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> um, so tell me, okay. how how is it possible that you, that you like this group? Listen... I wasn't exposed to very much other music growing okay, up. Okay, so, so you're, you're an Okie. You grew up, was it small I town up, Oklahoma? No, I grew up in the city. The big city of Oklahoma The big Oklahoma city, city of Oklahoma City. Okay. So I grew up there, and I grew up in a really great, wonderful Christian home, in a really great, wonderful church that we all listened to Bad CCM, music. Christian okay. music. And uh, so I definitely grew up in that weird Christian subculture, and there's just something about it when that comes on, and nobody else in my friend group knows this song, and I'm like, I'm going to sing Jesus Freak, and I know all the words somehow. Okay. I Still. I, I can relate to you that. You know, what would people... I don't know. What would people do if they but, find that But, you know, so true, I grew up know? in a church, uh, you know, I've mentioned my sort of fundamental right. upbringing. I say that with no resentment for it. I'm right. thankful for the way I grew up. Right. I just don't believe the way I did. Right. But the church I grew up in was entirely a cappella, so there were no musical instruments. But I have a similar experience when I hear a cappella music, and I don't mean the stuff that's like popular now. Right. I mean like the stuff I grew up hearing. Right. It does still strike a chord for me. There's still a nostalgia there, and yeah. also the music videos are hilarious. Yeah. Like if you ever have a time where you're out like with your friends, having a couple beers, and you've gotten to the point where you're on YouTube and you're looking up. <laughs> DC Talk or Carmen or Twyla Paris music videos, I can guarantee you, you will be entertained. I can guarantee you it's going to take more than a couple beers for me to get there. <laughs> no. Oh, no. It I, will. It's funny. 
No, I agree wholeheartedly that it's funny. I can remember Carmen music videos as a kid and even knowing as a little kid being like, this is really bad. This is stupid. Why didn't you do the new thing album? Oh, yeah, because it's not 30 years ago. Yes, it's, but it's 1990. So no, if you want to come back. It? No, who's doing it? No, who's doing a <laughs> Which, new thing? Speaking of YouTube videos, you've seen the kid doing that song? Yeah, it's oh, really it's good. Anyway. It's so good. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go listen to more DC Talk. Thank you so much for no, being on the show. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to give us one more? A heaven bound? Whatever key you like. For the road? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, heaven bound. There I think is. that was my highest one. <laughs> there it is. Jolie, <laughs> so good to have you on. Can't wait to have hey. you back. Hey, thanks. Can't wait to have something more normal within pop culture. <laughs> I hope that people don't think I'm the crazy person that loves you. This is the only thing I knew you liked. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being on. We'll see you again next time. You're welcome. Friends, that pretty much does it for this episode of 30 Pop, but I hope you're ready for next week. As we look back 30 years at the release of what was easily one of my favorite movies from the entire decade, Tim Burton's Batman. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 30 Pop and on Instagram at 30 Pop Podcast. Also, if you don't mind, be sure to take a minute to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Facebook. Those reviews help us to get into more 80s loving years, and they help you win stuff especially if you come to our new monthly trivia night, which, once again, will happen next on July 16th. Thanks so much to Jolie Britt and Lindsay Ray for being a part of this episode, and to you for listening and sharing it with the people you like best. Until next week, in the words of Vigo the Cruel, death is but a doorway, time is but a window. I'll be back. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Milieu Media Group, visit milieumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1989 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com.